Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,575. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and very excited to share with you today a guest calling in from Redding, California, Rob Kreider. Rob Kreider is a national champion racing driver competing in the National Auto Sport Association, NASA, Honda Challenge Series. Rob has raced numerous forms of motorsports, including drag racing, autocross, hill climbs, rally cross, and even demolition derby. That's pretty funny when you learn what he does for his day job. He also is a champion endurance racing driver. This guy's having fun. He's a contributing editor for Speed News Magazine and writes the Toolshed Engineer column that provides tips for club racers. Rob's been on numerous TV shows, including Mud, Sweating Gears, I love that, Optimus Search for the Ultimate Streetcar, and Horror Power Wars, and he created the documentary film Double Down, a look at endurance racing. By the way, when Rob's not on the track, he's a California Highway Patrol officer. So that makes what he's doing pretty fun, especially the the, the demolition derby part because uh, things can get a little crazy down in California on the freeways. We were chatting about that in our pre-show chat. I'm going to welcome him to the show in just a minute, but first we're going to let our sponsors uh, say what they want to say. They're the reason that we can make this show happen. So sit tight. We've got an officer in the room. Buckle up and get your driver's license and your insurance and registration ready. We're going to be back in just a minute. The most damaging thing to your vehicle's interior isn't that drink your kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harsh UV rays damage your interior over time. They crack your dash. They fade the colors inside your car. And the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you. Their sunscreens are easy to use. They take seconds to install. And they protect your vehicle while parked in the harsh sun. They fold up easily and store away for those times you don't want to use your car cover. I have one for every one of my vehicles, and you should too. They come in a variety of colors and options, feature an accordion design that makes unfolding and folding them up a breeze. Want to give a gift that keeps on giving? Buy a sunscreen for your family members and your friends. They're custom-made and fit almost any vehicle. Check out Covercraft.com for a huge number of styles, colors, and options that you're sure to love. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH120, that's Y-E-A-H-120 at Covercraft.com, you get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code YEAH120 at checkout, and you've got a deal. That's Covercraft.com. Use the code YEAH120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Get your sunscreen today. You'll thank me for it later. So, what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, you start Adobe Road Winery. It's located in Petaluma, California, and he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today, I'm going to talk about Shift. 
This wine was awarded 93 points by Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. It's balanced and spicy with dark blueberries and a cigar aroma. The unique bottle shape features a vintage-inspired metal gated shift back with carbon fiber, and the cork is topped with a five-speed shift knob. That's right. There's going to be some battles at the dinner table on who gets to keep the cork after this bottle has been enjoyed. The Racing Series is a delicious gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in caps, at checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of the wines from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout and get $10 off your purchase from the Racing Series today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYEAH today. Cheers! Hey, Rob, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Well, since you know I'm a California Highway Patrol officer, you know I am buckled up because that's a very important thing for people to wear their seatbelts. So absolutely, I am buckled up and ready for this ride. All right. Well, we're going to have some fun. Before I jump into this, though, could you tell our listeners one little thing that most people don't know about you? Yeah, you know, there's something that uh, really nobody at the track knows about me or the folks I work with in the Higher Patrol, and that is I have a very odd collection that has nothing to do with cars. So I actually collect Pez candy dispensers. <laughs> so I have uh, 952 what? Pez candy dispensers. Yes, uh, I haven't quite got to 1,000. I'm getting close. And uh, so kind of a strange thing to have a collection of. I'm taking up a ridiculous amount of wall space in my house. <laughs> but I will tell you that my wife would rather look at uh, Pez candy dispensers on display instead of a bunch of junky racing trophies. So I found a you know happiness there with strange collection. Well, listen, I've got a lot of listeners, thousands of listeners, in over 80 countries i'll bet you we could get you to a thousand uh you know <laughs> so you, you get me a po box and we'll get everybody to start mailing you pest dispensers from around the world and we'll see if we can get you to where you're going that's pretty funny you know the first thing that comes to mind when i hear pez dispenser is that one episode of seinfeld if you remember that or if you ever watched seinfeld he and uh elaine were at a recital george's girlfriend was playing the piano and he pulled out a little pez dispenser and put it on elaine's uh leg i think or her purse and it made her laugh and she started laughing and she disrupted the whole recital and that was the whole thing so that's kind of my pez story but why pez dispensers what 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 got you into this you know it's a crazy thing Uh, my wife when we first got married we were at the store one day and she bought a wonder woman pez because she's all about the girl power and so i was kind of making a joke I'm like well if you're gonna get a wonder woman i'm gonna get a spider-man she's like if you're gonna get a spider-man i'm gonna get this and so we went to the you know, the checkout stand with like six of them. Uh-oh. And then the next thing I know, there was seven and then eight. And then we went on our honeymoon. It was like, oh, here's one. And it's just uh, 23 years later, we have 952 of them. So it's kind of a fun thing. When we travel. We always look for different ones. Wow. Well, that's an example of uh, something that gets a little bit out of control. So uh, that's pretty interesting. Well, now all your uh, California High Patrol buddies all will start giving you Pez. I think you're going to start to see Pez dispensers show up all over the place. Uh, now, what area do you patrol in California? Are you all over? over the place or you know in my career as a california higher patrolman you kind of move all over the state which is one of the advantages of working for the chp is that i got to work in santa barbara which is one of the most beautiful places in our state oh yeah i've been in fresno redding you name it just kind of just depends on where the job is and as you promote through your career you get around so i used to 
work the 101 freeway right there in Santa Barbara. And now I drive a desk. So I've moved oh, up the organization. Okay. I'm an assistant chief. So uh, if I pull you over, you've done something really dumb because uh, I don't really do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, shoot. I was going to tell everybody in California to start carrying a Pez dispenser and maybe that will get a, G- a get out of jail card if Officer <laughs> Kreider pulls you over. But I can see now, you know, maybe all, all of you uh, Californians should carry one anyway. And someone pulls you over and say, do you know Officer Kreider? Uh, I have something for him. And uh, see if that gets you anywhere. I'll bet you it gets you nowhere, but you know what? It's worth a try. So we'll see what we do. All right. Well, we're going to start on this journey we're going to call your life, and I'm going to ask you for a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoke in here a little bit on cars. Yeah, so Rob, take your pest dispenser in one hand and the wheel in the other. Here we go. All right, I got the wheel. So, Mark, you know, I know you asked for uh, kind of. I listen to your show all the time, and you want people to have a mantra. But uh, I'm going to do you four better. I'm going to give you four mantras. Wow. I got lots of mantras. Yeah, okay. I'm all about the mantras. So, okay. Uh, the first one is uh, to race anything and win everything. So it's kind of you know self-explanatory. It goes back to my history in motorsports, yeah. autocross, hill climbs, demolition derby. I actually once raced a big wheel down the crookedest road in the world in San Francisco. Oh my gosh! An event called Bring Your Own Big Wheel. So it was totally awesome. So you know that's kind of my thing. I'll race anything with wheels and I always want to win, so race anything, win everything. Number one. Isn't that Lombard Street? Isn't that what they call that it is. street? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Super, super fun. Did you make it to the bottom? I did, yeah. You did? I did okay. very well. Wow. Well, they'll put like 300 big wheels at a time just slamming down the hill. It's really, really fun. Oh, so. my gosh. I'd like to see. Is that on, on YouTube somewhere? Plenty of YouTube. You can see we have our own. I put three GoPros on my big wheel when I did it, <laughs> so if you go to the Crider Racing YouTube channel, you can see me bombing down uh, there the you go. road in the world in San Francisco. Super All right. fun. All right. So, number two. So number two is uh, where do we go from here? So, and this comes from uh, endurance racing. So that's, you know, endurance racing, there's really no time to sit around and complain about what just happened. All you can really do is just continue the race and go on and go forward. So you have to accept what you have and move forward. So I always tell everybody, okay, that happened, but where do we go from here? Let's continue on. So number three, and this is one that served me very well in motorsports. And we actually have this huge sign in our shop at Double Nickel Nine Motorsports that I put up. And it says, victory and champagne can be found at the track, but races are won weeks before at the shop. Mm. And that means that car preparation, mental preparation, strategy, all the things that make you a champion are not done at the last minute when you're kind of rolling your car off the trailer at the racetrack. They're taken care of well before the green flag drops. And I would say that's kind of what's made us national champions is that we always have our act together before we get there. So, And the last one is our fourth mantra, which is refuse to lose. This is actually a quote from Public Enemy in a song that means exactly what it means. Never quit, don't stop, refuse to lose. It's something I learned at the CHP Academy while doing endless push-ups on the hard concrete. <laughs> so it's kind of a mindset. Yeah. It goes along with the old saying, you know, if winning was easy, losers would do it. So <laughs> my racing team, you know, we were built from nothing by a bunch of autocrossers who just wanted to go road racing. And we just always had that mindset to refuse to lose. And we clawed our way up to the top of our sport. So uh, those yeah. are my four mantras. And thank you for letting me go a little long on that. No, that's okay. I think you're the first guest out of 1,575 that had four. I've had people with two, maybe three, but you're the first four-timer. So I think that's pretty cool. You know, a lot of this ties in so great. I love endurance racing. When I race finished cars, we got to do a couple endurance races. Uh, they weren't long or like 24-hour or 12-hour. But it was really fun to stay in the car for a long period of time and really get dialed in because usually vintage racing is 15 laps and you're done. That's it. It's never enough. Right. Uh, but I had um, Kevin Buckler on the show who runs TRG, the races group. I mean, he also has Adobe Road Winery, which is a new sponsor here. So he, he makes some killer wine. But you remind me of him because he's got that very much just 
you get in, do it, get it done. Just go, go, go. I mean, when you have a meeting with him, you're like worn out at the end of the meeting because he's he, like <laughs> you, he's got all this energy, all this go, but that's what endurance racing is all about. So let's talk more about this racing you do. I'd love for you to talk about uh, your outside of your career as a, an officer and, and First and foremost, thank you for your service as a first responder, what you've done. You know, you guys are out there putting your life on the line all the time and dealing with, the, and I see them, the yahoos on the road that are doing just stupid things. Uh, I never speed, of course. I just want to make that clear. Oh, I'm uh, sure. Yeah, I might go a little <laughs> fast once in a while, but I'm always careful and I don't use my phone. So uh, I, I promise you that. But let's talk a little bit more about your racing side of your life and all these different things you do. So kind of take a deep dive into what you're doing, what you're doing now. What has you excited and fired up? You know, once we get out of this pandemic and we can get back to the track and have some fun, uh, what gets you up in the morning so you can put on your helmet and go racing? The mantra, hey, race anything and win everything. So we always want to find something new and different. So every time we tried anything that I could just race with a you know, just a regular streetcar license plate on a track if I had 50 bucks and a helmet. So it didn't really matter what it was. If it was just an autocross in a parking lot, I wanted to do it. And we wanted to do it well at the national level or or like we said, a demolition derby. We actually went to the state championships and won a heat at the California State Fair Demolition Derby, which was wow. a total epic event. So if what gets me up every day and I want to put my helmet on is really just the next dumb Combination, right? What, what can we go win? So recently we jumped into the Honda Challenge Series, which has been a really, really fun series where you have all these Hondas and Acuras. They're kind of a spec car. They're very similarly built. And we go out there and we just run the fenders off these cars as hard and fast as we can. So we won the national championship at the Circuit of the Americas in 2018. Which Congratulations. Was such an, thank you. It was such an epic win for us because, you know, it's a Formula One track. And uh, if any place you can win a national championship, it's like Indy, Daytona, or Coda. And so we yeah. got to do it at Coda. Wow. And then last year we went to mid Ohio to back it up. We won the championship again at mid Ohio. So, you know, I'm just extremely proud of my team because even though it's sprint racing, it takes a lot of people to help work on the cars, engineers, spotters, the guy who just makes me a hot dog really fast, whatever we need to drive the motorhome, <laughs> the cars, like even yeah. as an amateur racing team, we run it, you know? So I really loved your episode with Kevin Buckler from TRG because, you know, we would love to be him. We're kind of like the amateur racing version of those guys. Right. And instead of uh, wine, we got beer. We have a beer called Double Nickel Nine IPA All right. from Tactical House Brewing. So, you know, he's got, like I said, he's got his fancy winery and he races Porsches. We race Acura Integras and we got IPA. So, yeah, we're doing the best we can. Well, you know, <laughs> when you listen to Kevin's story, I mean, he started, he's been doing this 27 years. So, and when he yes. started, it was with Porsche Club Racing and doing that and then evolving and growing and getting better and better and then building it into the kind of team that he has. So, I mean, you guys are on your way and it really is just about getting out there and participating and i always tell people you know there's lots of ways to do this you can if you're a member of the porsche club being like for me first time i got on the track to go at speed was with bmw club uh their driver's training day you know i was a rookie so i had a guy sitting there next to me had my m3 got to go out put slicks on the car thought okay this is kind of fun evolved into with my porsche 911 and then evolved into vintage racing that's as far as i went i didn't get as serious as you guys but uh, there's ways to do this and have fun with it. And uh, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And the fact that you guys have had so much success, I mean, what do you attribute your success to? Obviously, you're a very hard charging kind of guy. So, you know, there's uh, the revs are up with you all the time, I think here. But uh, what would you say is a, a, a key part of your success in racing so far? So I think it comes down to strategy. We understand that you can't just win the race by driving like a total madman. And I certainly learned that from years of endurance racing and running like the 25 hours of Thunder Hill, that it's not always the fastest car that wins that race. Generally, it's not the fastest car. 
And at the same time, like just absolute preparation. So we want to build a car that's absolutely ready for every aspect of the rule set. We want to have drivers that are mentally prepared, physically prepared, ready to attack the track. We want to have spares with us. We want to have all the infrastructure that we need to be a success at the track. We want to have backup systems, good radios, good spotters. We want to be ready for tracks. Like, you know, when we show up to Coda, even though we're a team from California, we actually flew out and went to the Audi driving school there just to get some track time before we came out for the national championship. Because we really understood that, you know, as I went into one of 20 curves at Coda, I didn't want it to be the first time I'd ever done it at the biggest race of the season. So those different things, we kind of just try to do all of them the best that we can. And I'll tell you, every single day I wake up, I think to myself, what can I do to make our team a little bit better? So whether it's technology and using Google Docs to communicate with my entire team, always having checklists in play, buying tools for the trailer, you know, I really empower all the people on my team, even if you're just a volunteer crew member, which everyone on my team is volunteer <laughs> because we're an amateur racing team. Yeah. If you tell me, hey, you know what? It'd be better if we had this wrench. I'd say, hey, there's a whiteboard in my trailer. Write down anything you want. And the next week and you come out, it will be on there. Nice. Because I want them to have a sense of ownership of the team. And I think from that bottom-up approach where everybody feels like they're part of the victory and part of the team, we're just more able to be successful as a unit. So for me, I'm always about building a better team, building a better racing team, and building a car, driver, whatever. And so it's a culmination of all those things in one sphere that lets us win all these different races that we've won. It's not just one thing for sure. Well, obviously you're a great leader. And when I listen to all the racers that I've had on the show, and there've been hundreds of them, it's always the same thing. It's the races won in preparation. It's not usually on race day. Uh, it's preparing, getting there. And even as you listen to Kevin talk about his first time doing big things like Daytona, uh, even Lamar, and as he said, getting his butt kicked and kind of going home and going, okay, what did we do wrong? Let's regroup, rethink this thing. And of course, as you know, he won Lamar outright as a private team one year. Yes. I mean, that, you know, that, that is a very hard thing to do playing against the big boys. That's preparation, that's dedication, hard work. And uh, yeah, so uh, it sounds like you're having an awful lot of fun, which is very, very cool. For sure. Yeah, let me ask you this. I always like to ask my guests. Maybe take us into a deep dive of a big challenge or a big failure you face somewhere along the way. It could be in your racing, could be in your life, it could be somewhere, but just take us there. Walk us through that painful time. But more importantly, what was that lesson learned so you could come out positive on the other side and uh, make some improvements after that experience kind of beat you up a little bit? Absolutely. You know, Mark, this is an easy one for me because the biggest challenge I've really faced was the transition from being a punk rock lead singer in a college band who got kicked out of college for being sort of an idiot and then got a girl pregnant and suddenly realized with a baby on the way, I need a job with benefits and I need that job like right now. Oh my gosh. Well, now, <laughs> so, now we just took a turn down a road. I had no idea we were going to be going down. Okay, wait, let's go back to the punk rock band. Okay. How does a punk, okay, I guess you're going to take us there. How, how does that, yeah, well, you know, how does I was that never, kid was, get to where he I wasn't born a California Highway Patrol officer. I had to become one. So Okay, uh, no. okay. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you keep going. This is quite a story. Well, so there I was living the dream. It's, you know, 94 in San Luis Obispo at Cal Poly. And, uh, you know, it's a punk rock surfer scene and I'm having a great time. Polly Royale. Polly Royale. That's right. Polly Royale. It's a good time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Been a couple I of those. I was having such a good time uh, surfing and playing in my band. Uh, I forgot to go to class. And so finally I oh, got a letter from yeah. uh, the University of California Polytechnic. It said, in order to maintain academic status here at Cal Poly, you must have a cumulative GPA of 2.0. Your cumulative GPA of 0.67 is far below the minimum standards and then the last line was a kicker it said we wish you the best of luck elsewhere elsewhere yeah i was looking for a place to land you know and then uh to to follow up that epic failure i then got a girl 
pregnant, who's now my wife and uh, mother of two children. So I'm not really doing too well, right? I need to get my act together. Yeah, uh, yeah. Straighten up, young so, man. <laughs> yes. Get, what are you going to do? And the baby's on the way. How are you going to pay for that? So I, uh, I knew I wanted to be a driver. I wanted to be a race car driver, but uh, nobody really cared. Uh, it was kind of something that was going on in my mind. Yeah. So uh, I found a place that would let me drive a car and they would pay for the tires and the gas. <laughs> there you go. And uh, they'd even encourage me to drive very fast. Yeah. So I joined the California Higher Patrol. So uh, what was tough for me was that going from the surfer laid back lifestyle of Cal Poly to a paramilitary academy at the CHP Academy in Sacramento, where they're spitting in your face and you're doing push-ups and they're screaming at you. They're calling you a booger eating moron. Oh that gosh. was a pretty big culture shock for me. Yeah. Uh, I certainly didn't know what a booger eating moron was. Uh, <laughs> they were mad at me because I didn't put something called hospital corners on my rack, which was a bed. I didn't even know what bed was called a rack. I mean, yeah. I was learning a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, and so those gaps in my knowledge are, are the, the challenges I had to face. And so I really learned a lot from what the CHP Academy taught me. It certainly taught me never to quit, uh, learn some good time management. And I just need to prove to my family, myself, like, look, I am not going to be a failure. You know, I'm yeah. going to finish this academy and be successful in this career because I really do actually have a, a real passion for traffic safety. So it's something I cared about anyways. Mm-hmm. And the professionalism of the California Higher Patrol, I could really adopt that quickly. I'm like, well, hey, I, I want to be the best I can be. And I really want to make California the safest place to live and travel. So all these things were hitting with my synapses, but I still needed to learn how to make my bed, wear my uniform. All these things are going to be successful as a cadet. So yeah. all I really wanted to do was go on the high-speed track because the California Higher Patrol has their own road course. We have our own skid pan, mock neighborhood to do push, pursuit training. So I was like, yeah, yeah, all these push-ups are great, but when do we get to go drive the yeah, car? When do I get Race in the car? car. Let's yeah. get in the car man. So, you know, uh, the Higher Patrol Academy taught me a lot. And uh, from that story, and a lot of funny things happened there, like I, I learned how to run in formation and throw up and keep running at the same time because oh they, yeah. they pushed us pretty hard. Yeah, uh, I actually wrote a book about the California Higher Patrol Academy's kind of all my misadventures there as a uh, wow. young uh, dad trying to get through the process. It's called Cadet Blues. So okay. uh, a lot of people read that book before they go to the academy to kind of get prepared for it. And it's a very, very funny story that makes you laugh. But I will tell you, the the driving training at the California Academy taught me a lot and it made me a better race car driver to this day. I mean, the thing, same things you're going to learn at a racing school they're teaching us at the CHP Academy. So really comes down to high visual horizon, always looking where you're going and uh, paying attention. And then they let me do cool things like I got to pit cars and spin cars out. Yeah. It was just absolutely awesome. Yeah, well... Good thing you straightened up, young man. I'm very proud of you. That that's <laughs> you, very good. You, you know, uh, it, it's a great story, and it, it's it's funny, but at the same time, I think it's great. And a lot of young men and women end up going to the military, or in the case the Highway Patrol, to kind of straighten out their life, and they probably get a rude awakening. Many of them, but for many of them, it ends up being an incredible learning lesson. And it does get them straight and gets them focused and passionate about doing something. So I'm really proud of what you did and the fact that you've been serving and taking care of lots of citizens of California all this time. Because, you know, we always have these stories about Highway Patrol and so forth. And you remember the old TV show Chips, you know, those guys just having fun on motorcycles. Uh, You know, it's all life's all about. I think it's a little different in real life, probably, uh, is my guess. Some parts are very different. Some parts aren't, you know. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. But uh, yeah, Ponch and what was the other guy's name? I'm trying to remember. Ponch and John. John Baker, John man. John Baker. There we go. All right. Very good. Well, I know my chips trivia. Come on. I, of, I would hope so. Probably training. part of your academy tree. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was yeah. the first quiz. What is John Poncharello's first yeah, name? <laughs> exactly. There you go. That's why I never got, I got kicked out. I washed out. So, well, this is a great story. And I'm so glad that that helped you become who you are today and look at where you've come. I mean, you're married, got great children, great career. You're having fun outside of your career racing, which is what Cars Jazz is all about, enjoying the passion of the hobby and so forth. 
forth. And uh, I think it's fantastic. So what a great story. We're going to take a short break after that one. Catch our breath. Uh, we'll be back in a minute after we listen to a few sponsors. So keep that seatbelt buckled because we've got an officer in the room and we'll be right back. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. And don't miss my weekly podcast with Keith Martin titled Buy, Sell, Hold. It's the essence of collecting. We talk to the movers and shakers in the collector car world. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah. You'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. All right, we are back. We're still uh, behaving ourselves here at Cars Yeah, and I want you to share a short story that talks about uh, what instigated this passion that you have for cars. Tell us about a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that, you know what, I think I'm kind of a car guy, kind of a racer guy. You know, I grew up in a gearhead house. I had a dad who loved cars. He had done some autocrossing and parking lots back in the 60s with a notchback Mustang. He'd done some go-kart racing in the 80s. And he was a hardcore car guy. And so in 1986, he bought himself the ultimate 80s car, a brand new fire red T-top Chevy Camaro IROC Z. Whoa. So this was the ultimate in 1986. But the only problem for my dad was he had a son who was just about to turn 16 years old. Uh-oh. So the last thing a 16-year-old kid needs is access to an IROC Z. So uh, I was pestering him, of course, like, let's go autocrossing, let's go autocrossing. And my dad, he kind of knew that autocross events were good to teach car control and avoidance maneuvers. And and he took my driver's training very seriously, which obviously helped me become a California Hyper Patrol officer. Yeah. So I'm extremely thankful for that. 
So he figured, hey, what could a slow, small parking lot, 30-mile-an-hour autocross hurt? Nothing, right? Well, maybe hit a few cones. It's not going to hurt the IROC Z. No big deal. But what my dad didn't know, and this was before the internet, was the autocross I found for us to attend, just you know, through word of mouth at some local speed shop, was organized by a group of guys called the American Autocross Series. And they held events at a place called Crow's Landing in Central California. Hmm. Now, Crow's Landing is this massive United States naval airfield with humongous runways that interspersed together. And the American Autocross Series guys were just a bunch of Corvette dudes who hated small, tight SEC autocrosses. They loathed them. <laughs> so a guy named Larry Park, who owned Crown Chevrolet in Dublin, he put together this insane, like, 130-mile-an-hour autocross. What? They were like outlaw autocrosses. So wow. we didn't have, like, a course walkthrough like you would normally do in a small, you know, small parking lot autocross. We right. actually had to drive the course. And you needed a navigator with you because as you would slide through one gate, you had to look like a quarter of a mile down the runway for the next two cones to drive wow. through. It was like yeah. total lunacy. So at this point, I'm just a zit-faced teenager with exactly zero driving events under my belt. Zero. Yeah. And uh, But I'm filled to the brim with testosterone, and I got this IROC Z, and I'm unleashed into this ludicrous autocross in a V8-powered Camaro. And all of this, and my poor dad is in the right front seat, just sucking up all the seat cushion up his butt, and just holding <laughs> on to the, oh my god, bar. Yeah, and, and what I'm have I done? standing on the gas, just smoking off the gator backs in this IROC. And all I can remember is my dad just screaming, brakes, 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 you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's screaming at me, smooth, smooth, smooth. Yeah. And then he kind of calms down. And then it's gas, gas, gas. 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 Yeah. So uh, oh I didn't kill him. I didn't destroy the IROC. Good. I didn't hit any cones. Uh, the wow. event was success. And I was immediately hooked on the drug of adrenaline. But now this IROC, it didn't come with ABS brakes in 1986. Yeah. And with my dad screaming through his helmet, brakes, 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 I did flat spot four Goodyear Gatorback tires. I mean, I flat spotted them badly. Yeah. And we had to drive home two and a half hours on these four square tires. It yeah. practically just knocked all the fillings out of our teeth. So it was a rough ride home, but I'll tell you, after my first run on that IROC, I knew I'm going to be a race car driver. Nothing's going to stop me. I'm hooked for life. Wow, what fun. Well, that's a lot more fun than my first time at Autocross, which was at Jack Murphy Stadium in San Diego with the Porsche Club. And uh, my co-driver, I was there with the Porsche driving experience, and they let us drive new Porsches. Uh, but nice. I also had my Cabriolet. I had an 84 Cabriolet. And when I got there, they said, you know, we really don't like convertibles being here because, you know, you know if you flip over, I'm like, well, who flips over at an Autocross? Well, <laughs> yeah, what's be, happening here? You'd be surprised. Um uh, but they let me run. Um, but you know who my co-driver was? Was Vic Elford. Oh, my gosh. During, yeah, wow. he was working for Porsche at the time. And uh, so we got to drive. I got to drive my car, but nothing like the experience you had. So uh, much cooler for sure. Well, let's talk about your first really special vehicle, that first car that had great meaning for you. Could be a race car, could be a street car, whatever it is. What was special about that ride? Maybe share a memory you have. You know, I've had a lot of special cars over the years. Uh, my dad and I restored a 1978 El Camino that I drag raced. I handed it down to my brother who won tons of drag races in it. And now it's being restored for a second time and driven and also drag raced by my nephew, James Kreider. So that car is very special to me and the Kreider Racing family. But one car in particular that was really magical and made a real difference in my motorsports arc was nothing really fancy. It was actually a 1991 Nissan Sentra SER. Okay. So I wanted to be a race car driver, but I really couldn't afford to go full-blown road racing. You know, I was working the road as a CHP officer. I got two kids, a mortgage, I got bills to pay. There's no real income 
for pro racing laying around the house. So I just didn't see really happening. But suddenly there was this event that was happening near us at Altamont Speedway called the 24 Hours of Lemons. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. $500 car and a few friends to share the cost and share the long driving stint with. So we're looking for a car. So my brother, Randy, he finds this 1991 Nissan SCR for $500. So yeah. the cool thing about the 91, 94 SCRs was that they were a two-door car, 2.0 liter dual overcam engine. It comes with limited slip differential and four-wheel disc brakes. So this is actually a pretty good little car for what you get. A lot of performance packed in. So we said, hey, let's bolt an auto power roll cage in it and let's kind of develop it for lemons. So as we were doing that, we said, hey, let's autocross it. So the first autocross we went to, we won. Hey, let's go to this rally cross. We win that. I go to a time attack at Laguna Seca. We pick up a trophy there. We go to Lemons, where cars really go to die. We finished fifth out of 65 teams, and we're just a bunch of guys who really were just autocrossers, never been to a road race before. Right. The car survived, so I said, well, hey, let's let's take it to NASA and run the Performance Touring Series. So I go to NASA at Sears Point. I win my first race. Wow. So this little car, which we bought for 500 bucks, it basically just never really knew how to do anything except win races. So then we said, well, let's take it to the 25 hours of Thunder Hill. Why not? So we go to the 25. We bring a couple of Nissans with us. We bring a documentary film crew with us, and we film uh, our movie, Double Down. And we end up beating the factory Mazda team and podium at the 25 hour with our little $500 Nissan Sentra. Oh, my gosh absolutely you know changed my life and kind of moved me up through the ranks of racing and really it's kind of the star of our documentary film so if you if you want to watch a really fun hour and 15 long movie about endurance racing kind of just the regular joe who just goes all in for the biggest longest race in america right now 25 hours thunder hill check it out double down on youtube you can find it on our website team559.com so my special car is a nissan Sentra scr well i guess so pretty damn special you know i had jay lamb on the show who's uh he calls himself the chief perp at 24 hour limits races yeah great guy yeah and that whole event is really fun for you listeners that haven't heard about that and probably most of you have but if you haven't google it it's just it's a hoot but this progression with that i mean that's quite a story for a car like that because it's incredible all the places you took it obviously you know how to drive a bit so uh that helps a little bit as well but what a story well I always ask my guests this very uh, introspective question. Kind of get into your skull a little bit here, okay? If you woke up tomorrow, Rob, and you were a car, what would you be and why? You know, Mark, I'd like to say something cool. Like I'd be a Porsche, you know, 911, GT3 RS, but that's, you know, crafted with German precision. But the reality is that's just not me. So I'm probably just a Ford Crown Victoria, you know, (laughs) American-made, full-frame car, gets the job done. And I don't just say that because I pedal the Crown Vic, you know, police interceptor up and down the California coast of CHP, but really it's just because the car is a worker, you know, but it still has some technical performance bits hidden under the taxi cab skin. You know, it's got aluminum suspension. It's got tough spindles, got Ford V8 power. So for me, you know, the the Ford Crown Vic is simply just a solution to a problem. Nothing fancy about it gets the job done. So I guess that's sort of how I see myself. Just uh, a guy who takes care of business. Uh, I'm kind of an Elvis Presley fan. He had this big logo on the back of his plane says TCB with a lightning bolt. And that stood for taking care of business. So I always thought that was kind of a thing that I've adopted from Elvis. So I'm all about taking care of business. And the Ford Crown Vic, it takes care of business. You know, it does. Um, for years, I, I found out I had a cousin who lived in Carmel-by-the-Sea, Jim Brown. And I was I met him actually at a funeral service for a great aunt of mine. I had no idea he lived there. I, I kind of had heard about him as a distant relative. And we started talking, and I said, you know, I, I come to Carmel every year for the 
Pebble Beach Car Week, the historic races and so forth. And he said, well, why don't you just come and stay with me? He goes, I hate it when all you guys come to town. You mess up my town. There's too much traffic, so I leave. Yeah, Carmel is a nightmare during that week. Yeah, so he said, you know what? You can stay at my house, and I'm going to go get out of town. So the first couple of years I did this, he had a ex-police interceptor, dark blue, tinted windows, Crown Vic. And so he would drive up to San Jose leave it in the airport parking lot for me. Just put the keys on the top of the tire. And he said, you know, when you get down to the house, eat the food because I don't want it to go bad. I'll be back and uh, to pick up the car when you leave a week from now from San Jose Airport. So just leave it parked where I left it or give me the parking stall and uh, have at it. And I'll tell you, that, <laughs> Rob, the first time I drove that thing from San Jose down 101 to uh, so was it Highway 68 that goes out by Laguna Seca Racetrack. Yep. It's California, so you can drive fast. I get in the left lane. I just park myself there. I've never had so much fun in a car. Everybody pulled over and let me go by. Everybody. Every single car. It was like, and at first I didn't quite get what was going on. And I know people aren't going to believe this, but I just like, you know, I'm just, I want to get down there. I'm, you know, long flight and everything. And I'm going, man, this is pretty cool. Everybody's just getting out of the way. And I was with a friend of mine. He goes, well, we're in a police car, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's right. And he goes, and the windows are tinted so they can't see who's inside. And he'd even had the whip antenna in the back. You know, he left it all on police intercity. You know, so anyway, that was fun. We had a lot of fun. He, uh, he figured out a very, very smart loophole in how things work. And so you, you're lucky to have that experience because that's an experience I get every day. You, you get on the freeway and then you're in your patrol car. It's like, you know, Moses parting the seas. Yeah. And everyone gets out of your way. Then you get in your Chevy truck and driving home to work. And like, hey, why are all these people on my way? It's yeah. a very odd thing to go <laughs> yeah. from one thing to the next. You have to realize like, oh, that's right. I'm not in my Crown Vic. Like, they, I'm just a regular guy out here. Yeah, well, I, I'm eternally grateful. For 12 years, I got to do that and, and stay at his house. And it was so much nice. Now he's sold his business and left town and so all that free ride is over but it was a nice ride so thank you because i really appreciate that well we're heading into the last lap you've been here many times the white flag's out you can see the checkered in the distance i'm going to ask you a series of questions and have you give us some very quick blips of that throttle that crown vic throttle so here we go would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years on the track yeah i would say uh turn off your television you know, put your phone down, get to work. You know, Instagram is cool and all. I'd love for you to follow Kreider Racing. That's K-R-I-D-E-R Racing on Instagram. But you don't become a racing champion taking selfies. Uh, you got to set that phone down and grab a wrench. You know, the car is not going to fix itself. Even if you have half a million followers, you got to do the work yourself. So people ask me over and over again, like, how do you find the time to get everything done? You know, books, racing, your career, family. It's very simple. I'm not watching counting cars or fast not on TV. Like, I'll be underneath an Acura Integra muscling in a rebuilt transmission. So you just got to do the work. And that's my advice. Do the work, yeah. And these days, I'll tell you, with all the crazy stuff on television, turn off the news. You'll be a lot happier. Get out in the garage and have some fun with your car or do something creative. Start a podcast, whatever. Call a friend and ask them how they're doing. How about if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? For me, that would be Mark Donahue. Oh, yeah. So I've read his book twice, The Unfair Advantage. I love it. Uh, he's just an amazing engineering mind, untouchable driver. He was a guy who raced anything, and he won everything. So if I could share a beer with him, which, of course, would be a double nickel nine IPA from our team, uh, I would ask him <laughs> what it was like to break the closed course top speed record in the Porsche 917 30 at Talladega. Uh. So he went 221 miles per hour. 
And I would like to know, like, what did that first corner look like? And remember, this is on 1975 bias fly tires. I know. He's going into that first corner. And so I would just love to talk to him about that. He had some serious stones. You know, tragically, 10 days later, he died testing an F1 car in Austria. Yeah. And I just think losing Mark Donahue then, it, it set racing back forever. He was just a huge pioneer. Yeah, he was incredible. I mean, engineer mind could drive. I mean, he really had it all in so many ways. And uh, one of his nine Porsche 917 T races uh, was at Bruce Canapa shop last year. I was there for a couple of days shooting Cars Yeah television show. And I got to sit in that car and just kind of go, holy cow. And Bruce is quite a racer. He knows how to drive a car and he could drive that car too. But, you know, he was just talking about the same kind of things you were mentioning about. Imagine Mark Donahue in this thing doing the speeds over and over and over. And he said the same thing on these funky tires they had back then. He was a god. Yeah, incredible. How about the best automotive or racing advice someone else has ever shared with you? What would it be? Uh, One time, a good old boy walked up to me at a drag racing track and looked at me and said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. (laughs) And so I thought that was kind of strange, you know, but, you know, I was ET bracket drag racing in high school and all of us high schoolers were just gearheads. So, of course, we were chasing speed. We're always tinkering our cars. But, you know, speed is not the game name of the game in bracket racing. Consistency is. And so it was important because the question really was, do you want to go fast or do you want to win? So it taught me strategies crucial to becoming a champion. And I have to remind myself because I'm a guy who's always kind of improving things. So my my engineer at Double Nickel Motorsports, Stephen Young, he's kind of the same mindset. So if you leave the two of us alone in a garage with my Honda Challenge car, he and I will stay up all night long. We'll take it apart and put it back together again right before the national championship starts in the morning, even if we have the pole. And so that's probably not smart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So sometimes I have to remind myself, let's just leave it alone and drive it. So they have to find that balance between like, is the car prepped and ready to go? And if it is, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't fix it. Yeah, I've heard that one many times myself. How about a resource? Is there a go-to for you that you think our listeners would really enjoy? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm a writer. I write for NASA Speed News Magazine, as you mentioned, for over eight years. And I've got this outstanding collection of how-to stories for club racers and my toolshed engineer column. So I've linked all those stories on my website, robcrider.com. Or my team's website, team559.com. That's for Double Nickel Motorsports. So it's just a great resource for any racer or any car guy or gal to check out for good tips and ideas for working on cars, organizing their racing team, building their trailer. And not everything in there is just how to fix a car. A lot of it is how to fix a team. Mm. Uh, because my team's won a lot of races, not because the cars are fast, but I think the team was efficient. So, you know, we talked before organization preparation is everything. I have a master's degree in organizational leadership. So developing teams and building efficiency is sort of my thing. And I think that's what has taken me from beating up my dad's IROC at that crazy autocross (laughs) to winning multiple national championships in the Honda Challenge series. Yeah, absolutely. How about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share that you've learned a lot from? Well, of course, you know, I would say to buy my book, Cadet Blues uh, by Rob Kreider. And I I say that, yeah, not just because every, you know, purchase selfishly buys me more racing tires from my Honda, but (laughs) it's actually a really funny book. You know, it'll make you laugh. It's got some insane stories about boot, you know, boot camp style training, kind of like the film Full Metal Jacket. And it's got some great cars chase stuff in it too. But other than that, I will say that uh, from aside from my shameless self-promotion. So I would also suggest another great read. And it's from a previous guest on your show, Craig Watkins. So oh, yeah. Craig was the engineer flying with the motorsports and he's the owner of Smart Racing Products who makes awesome alignment tools yep. for using in your own garage. But he wrote a book about a Porsche engineer and factory test driver named Roland Kuzmal. Mm. And this book is called Kuzmal Chronicles. It's awesome. You know, it covers factory racing, efforts with the 959s at the car rally. And so Roland was essentially a mechanic driving a backup 959, just filled to the brim with axles and spare parts for the <laughs> yeah. pro team in front of it. Yeah. And he darn near won the race as the backup car mechanic with spare parts in his car. So those kind of stories are in there. 
uh, you know, so Kuzball Chronicles, you can find that at uh, smartracingproducts.com. And, uh, you know, great, great book. And, you know, obviously Craig Watkins is a great guy. So we're checking out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll remind you, you can find all these great links on Rob's show notes page in the Cars yeah website. Just go to carsyad.com, type in Rob Kreider, K R. I-D-E-R. I like that the word writer is in your name. That's pretty appropriate. There it is. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Very cool. All right, Rob, we're up to checker flag. You're a regular listener of Cars Yeah, so you know what I'm going to say here. I'm going to buy you a cool car. But as you know, there's some rules to my game since I'm writing the check. I'm like the big sponsor, you know, that writes the checks. You got to kind of abide by my rules once in a while. Of course, you know what they are. You can't sell it to fund your racing uh, or buy more cars with. You have to drive it and enjoy it. So it needs to tick a lot of boxes for you. doesn't have to be a race car, though. It could be something you could use on the street to enjoy. But it's the only one cool collector car you can have, and that's the one that makes it kind of hard. So what can I buy Rob Kreider today? All right, Mark, you have to get your wallet out, and you're going to get a plane or a ship because this thing, I think, is in Germany right now. So I'm looking for the number two factory BMW team's M3 GTR that Boris said won the 24 hours of Nuremberg back in 2005. All right. So here's the history of the car. He's the first American to win that race. He drove the last seven-hour stint for the team. He actually beat the legendary Hans Stuck, who was in the team's number one car, in an insane rain race. So I'd love to have that car in my garage because I come from endurance racing, and right now, in my opinion, the... 24 hours Nuremberg is probably the ultimate 24 hours, 24 hour race is happening. Oh yeah. Hometown victory for BMW to win it in Germany. And the fact that Boris said was a driver for that team. And I just, I love him. He's a total madman race car driver. And I just <laughs> think it's super cool. And I'd want that car because I'd like to just have it in my garage, lean against it, drink some double nickel nine IPA, tell the story of the car. We park it next to my $500 Nissan Sentra and yeah. we can tell the stories of both cars, you know? I think so. Well, Boris uh, has been a guest here on the show. He was a great guest to listen to his stories and everything. And yeah, he's one of those guys that you just think will be racing when he's a hundred years old. You know I mean? He just keeps doing it. He lives down there, I think in Escondido, that area, I think of uh, Southern California, not too far away from uh, home. My wife and I have an Oceanside actually. Um, so he's a cool guy and I mean, he's been running forever. So uh, you pick the right guy, the right seat, a really cool car. But uh, yeah, that's going to cost me a little bit. So uh, it may take a little while to get it back <laughs> over to this side of the shore. But be patient. I'll park it in your garage one day. And just tell your buddies in the Highway Patrol, if they see some crazy guy driving that car down the California highway, just <laughs> let him go. Let Mark go. He's bringing it to my house. Don't worry. He'll be, he'll be safe. He'll be safe. So uh, those German plates are totally legal in the state it's of all California. Good. Yeah, it's all good. Rob, you've taken me on an awesome ride. What a fun ride this was. I'm so happy you reached out to me i want to thank you for sharing an incredible life you built around your passion for cars and for caring for people and making sure people are safe on the roadways out there and all your fellow officers as well a thank you to them as well before you go though could you give us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive down the coast highway in that nice little bmw m3 gtr that that guy named boris used to drive I cannot wait for you to get that car for me. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, my my advice is no matter who you are, you know, chase your dreams. You know, sports car racing this day, these days, if not always, has really been reserved for the ultra wealthy. But the reality is anyone can do it if you truly have the desire and the hard work ethic. You can yeah. overcome those obstacles. So hey, I'm a simple government employee, certainly not wealthy by any means, but I found a way to get behind the wheel. Ultimately built upon those successes in motorsports. So never quit. Chase your dreams and find yourself on top of that podium spraying some champagne. Well, Listeners, here's the guy that figured it out, and you can figure it out too. It just takes a lot of work and hard effort, but uh, here's a guy that uh, you should follow and you can learn from. Give us some ways that people can follow you. You've mentioned it throughout, but maybe uh, what are some better ways or or ways that we can remind our listeners how they can keep up with you, which I think is going to be a hard thing to do. 
Sure. Hey, go to cadetblues.com where you can read the first chapter of the book for free. And I absolutely promise it will make you laugh. So <laughs> ebook readers, you can find the book on Apple iBooks, Barnes & Noble Nook, of course, Amazon Kindle. Print copies can be purchased on Amazon, eBay, or cadetblues.com. For you Amazon folks, if you look up Cadet Blues on Amazon and you have your Prime button switched, you won't see it because Jeff Bezos is trying to make a little extra money on me, I guess. But if you uh, switch the Prime off, you'll find it there. Jeff, uh, check out- what are you doing, buddy? Don't you have <laughs> don't enough know, money already? My God. Yeah, he's a little greedy with that. That's okay. I appreciate it. My, I sell a lot of books on Amazon, so I can't okay. complain. There I, I appreciate go. him inventing that format. There you go. Uh, you can check out Double Down on YouTube or my column, Tool Engineer from Double Decline Motorsports. That website's team559.com. You can get all this stuff on robcrider.com. But honestly, for anybody driving the freeways of California, man, just uh, put your phone down, keep your eyes up while you're driving because the ultimate goal for you and the officers of the California Highway Patrol is we want you to get safely to your destination, whether that be your house or Disneyland or whatever. So just please uh, stay safe out there. Keep your eyes up. Absolutely. Keep your eyes up, head up, as they used to yell to me in my ear when I was doing racing school. Head up, head up, head up, and uh, put your dang phone down. Turn it off, please. Uh, we'll all be safer for it. Rob, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and bringing an incredible energy to Cars Yeah! today. This has been really fun. Uh, you and I could talk forever. Next time I'm down in California, I got to come and visit you, visit your garage. We can have a, a couple of those beers you talk about and enjoy a little uh bench racing as they say i love me some bench racing let's do it <laughs> there you go until <laughs> you and i talk again my friend i'll see you hopefully not pulled over down the road thank you very much mark you're welcome thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at cars yeah drive on over to cars to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun download your free copy of filler up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!